welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today I have uh, two well, one good friend and one new friend who I hope who I hope will become a good friend. Um, today I have with me Chad McDonald. Say hi, Chad. Hey guys, how's it going? And Mr. Jeremy Dagger. Hey everyone. So guys, I got you on today. I've been talking to a few church planters um, across the country, uh, as far as Whitehorse, Yukon, um, another one around your area, Bryce Harrison. Um, he's living in Lower Sackville right now. Um, but you guys are starting up Port City Church. And I just want to talk to you guys about that. So before that, why don't you just introduce yourselves? Chad, maybe you can go first. Um, tell us about yourself, you know, where you're from, your family. Um, and then we'll just move on to Jeremy. Sure. Sounds good. Yep. So, um, yeah, good to be on the podcast. Um, and I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I have a wife, Linda, and three children, um, my son, Keo, is almost 13. I have a daughter, Emmy. She's 10. And my youngest son, Jude, is eight. And I'm born and raised in Nova Scotia, but I've spent much of my life um, out of the province, spent many years in Toronto. That's where my wife and I met. And then we moved on to the West Coast and was involved in church planting and church ministry for almost a decade in Vancouver. And then God, in his sense of humor and sovereignty, brought me back to the Maritime Provinces and back to Nova Scotia. And so we've been back here since 2015, which is, I think, seven years ago. And uh, with the transition back, I moved into more of a church planning catalytic role with an organization. And then I'm currently serving with the SEND Network under North American Mission Board to see plant churches planted in the four Atlantic provinces. And then also going back into ministry with Jeremy uh, and planting Port City Church in this year. So that's a little bit about me and who I am. Yeah, so um, I was actually born and raised in in Philadelphia and uh, that's kind of my native country, if you will. Uh, Been in North Carolina here in the States for the last 15 years. and uh, my mom, so my connection to Atlantic Canada and how we kind of got to the end of, uh, or how we got to Port City is my mom is actually from uh, Prince Edward Island. So that's actually where I have a lot of family. Um, currently, uh, my grandparents are there and many aunts and uncles and lots of cousins. So I spent a lot of time um, growing up in, uh, on Prince Edward Island every summer. I uh, spent every Christmas until I was 19 years old on Prince Edward Island. So a white Christmas was fairly normative for me. And so um, I, I have a real affinity for um, not only Prince Edward Island, but just Atlantic Canada as a whole. Is, and so, um, yeah, we, my wife and I moved to North Carolina 15 years ago. We were involved uh, in um, a fairly large church in the Raleigh-Durham area and then planted, uh, was part of a plant uh, to uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, about 10 years ago, nine and a half years ago, um, down the street. So that's where I've been for the last, um, going on 10 years, um, serving in different functions, uh, doing a lot of family ministry, but then in the last five years, serving uh, as an executive pastor, overseeing our campus pastors and 
um, overseeing our weekend ministry teams. Um, so been doing that, but, uh, you know, all along the way, God has, I think, just been stirring my heart. Uh, I've just, I don't know how else to put it. I, I feel like I haven't been able to shake the stirring for Prince Edward Island and for Atlantic Canada for about eight years. Uh, we've take, taken about four or five trips up there uh, in our, in the time that we've been married and visiting family. And every single time it just kind of brings that stirring back up again. And, and a lot of it too is, you know, I have family that grew up in church and um, kind of watching a lot of them kind of walk away from church and it not being because they hate God or it, it's more just a, it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gospel is not super relevant to them in their understanding of it. And so that's just always kind of sat heavy on me. And so um, about a year and a half ago, um, I feel like the Lord used, particularly used a, a sermon here at our church at Mercy Hill, um, used a passage out of Isaiah 49, where God is talking about him being a God to all the nations um, to, I think, kind of really solidify in my mind um, that he was calling us to go. He was calling us to leave. He was calling us to go to Atlantic Canada to, in whatever way we could, help to see the gospel advance, um, not to come in and pretend like we have all the answers, but just to, however that would look, come alongside of and to help what God is already doing and to see if we could encourage and stir on more gospel advancement. Um, That's how I connected with Chad. Chad, obviously his role with the North American Mission Board. He was one of the first guys that I connected with when uh, my wife and I said, okay, we're going to do this. Um, and so we, we explored for probably what Chad about two months, two, three months together on, on, on zoom calls and phone calls, what that could look like. We were pretty set directionally on Prince Edward Island. Cause obviously that's where my family is. Um, and, uh, and then Chad just really kind of, I think wisely helped us to navigate, um, a better path. Um, and that path included plenty of church with him, you know, with he and Linda, and, uh, you know, he kind of just talked about the strategic nature of Halifax and um, what and, and not only Halifax, but even just us as a team and kind of how he's gifted and how I'm gifted and the wirings and, and kind of how God kind of seemingly was maybe pulling something together here. And, um, you know, for us, we were kind of trained, particularly at the church that we were at previous, um, not necessarily to come up with a list of a bunch of whys, you know, but really to create your why not list. Um, and it was just a, not a great list. And so after about a month of just praying and talking, we went back to Chad and Linda and we said, all right, let's do it. We're in. Uh, we want to plant a church that ultimately plants churches and reaches not only the city, but reaches the region. And, and who knows, it, you know, we, we certainly have a global vision as well to see the gospel go around the world. So, um, yeah, so that's that's in a nutshell. Uh, that might be the fastest I've actually ever told that story. So I'm fairly, <laughs> I'm fairly proud of myself. Uh, but uh, that, that in a nutshell is how I got from the mean streets of Philly to planning a church in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. So you'll be the first prince of Halifax, will you? I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the first <laughs> prince. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for somewhere on the west side uh, to, uh, to, to be home. Yes. All right, cool guys. So uh, yeah. you guys are planting in like Halifax proper. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're definitely in the Halifax, the city of Halifax. I mean, where exactly is kind of to be determined yeah, yeah. Um, as far as location goes. 
All right, guys. So tell me, um, you know, why does Halifax like need another church? Like people would think, you know, it's a big city. It's probably lots of churches there already. Um, so yeah, why choose Halifax? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I just think, I mean, just, uh, you know, the Canadian context needs more churches in every, every major city and every town and every rural community more churches are dying and declining and closing their doors than there is starting up. So you could just, you could stop there. You could just say more churches closed than ones open. So if you do the math on that church planting is necessary in every city and rural community in our country. Uh, but we can go a couple steps further. Um, you know, and I think Halifax is one of the fastest growing cities in our country right now in Canada. And uh, we're seeing uh, really in the last 10 to 12 years, an economic boom. Um, so we're seeing it's a, it's a new day and a new dawn, as I say, within Halifax. And that stretches all the way from university students to new immigrants, to the tech sector, um, all of it, real estate. We're having the strongest and highest real estate rates in the history of Halifax. And that's all due to people moving into the city and COVID has really actually just elevated that. Um, and so and there's, that's another reason. I mean, we we're in a city that is growing and is diverse. And so the nations have come to Halifax. So the nations are here. And so our job is to um, obviously be a part of proclaiming the gospel uh, to the nations. And that includes Haligonians and blue nosers as Nova Scotians are known, but also to those who are new immigrants and students to our, our city. And then I think also, um, you know, there's the beautiful thing about the church, about the bride of Christ is that God uses many different denominations and types of churches and churches that are more conservative or more liberal and more charismatic and more conservative. <clears throat> and so I think, you know, what we're doing isn't necessarily unique. I do think it, it will be unique uh, in a sense to maybe what's going on in our city. And what I mean by that is there's, there are churches, um, but there's, I think there's still a theological need for what Port City wants to do and what we want to be. And then a philosophical, uh, the, the philosophy of ministry, I think there's a need for that as well. We won't get into all those details, but my point is, I think there is a, a specific need for different types of churches and particularly what Port City would like to be, as I said, theologically and philosophically and missionally, I think there's great room for that. And I just think um, lastly, um, the importance of recognizing that there is great churches in Halifax and we're not coming in to um, sort of say that there isn't or that we have the way of church planting or doing ministry. Uh, it's just we want to come in with a, a posture of humility and come alongside the churches that already exist and uh, shoulder the load, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. of gospel um, proclamation. So those are just a few reasons. And I think, like I said at the beginning, more churches close in Canada that start up. So that's enough reason in and of itself uh, to plant churches. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned briefly that, you know, Canada is a bit of a hard place. We need more churches. Is there anything in Halifax that you think is going to offer you challenges? Is going to make it a bit harder? 
I mean, here at Model Mission, we talk a lot about, you know, being contextual and that each place is almost different. Each region is different city. I mean, there are some similarities, um, but is there anything about Halifax that you think is going to give you a bit of a, you know, run for your money? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that too much. I, I think the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, Atlanta, I mean, I've done some ministry across the country in different ways and, I do think Atlantic Canada is a church in a hard place. I think it is harder in many ways in the Atlantic region than other parts of the country. Um, you know, Atlantic Canada has been very much a have not part of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we sort of are, have been in the past a bit of the underdog, um, you know, and that can play, you know, that has affected us and what I think we think could be possible what God can do. I think the ceiling of what we could expect often is pretty low. And, um, you know, that's come from resources and always, you know, we always joke that Atlantic Canada gets everything 10 years later than the rest of the country. And so I think there's some truth to that. But I think to your question, I think one of the challenges we'll face is possibly the blend of those who are new to Halifax. So whether that's people that are moving, there's a a large migration of people moving from Ontario, um, realizing that now they can work from home and they can move out of the GTA and move to Halifax and maintain their jobs uh, from Ontario and work from home. So there's a huge migration of those individuals, as I mentioned, students and new immigrants. So just the the idea of working and ministering to those who are new to Halifax, but those who are existing and so you've got this melding of um, Haligonians that maybe have been born and raised here and have, you know, unique and distinct views of, of change or, you know, um, ministry doing it one way. Uh, and then you've got, you've got um, those new populations coming into the city that have a different framework or thinking. So that could be a challenge just ministering to those groups of people um, and what does that mean so I haven't thought really through the ramifications of that this is just kind of my first thought of that question Jeremy do you have a thought on that yeah I mean obviously I'm, I'm coming at it right now from an outsider and, and so you know that's a lot of the questions that I've been asking you know people that are on the ground you know what does that look like what are the obstacles and I think you know, similar to what Chad is saying, you know, you start to look at the landscape of a city like Halifax and, you know, Halifax would be, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, the largest city center in Atlantic Canada. Um, And with that comes a lot of stuff. And so you have, you know, this group that's moving into the city or that's there that they have a lot of money. Um, You know, you look at the housing costs that we've shown some friends last night, you know, it's hard to find a house on the peninsula that's under $800,000, you know what I mean? And so that gives you an idea of the demographic of people that are moving into a city like Halifax, you know, McLean's the last two years has ranked Halifax as the number one city to move because of, of work and play. And so what you have is you have, you know, these large groups of, you know, um, not even millennials kind of, but even younger than that, Gen Zers and, um, that are moving in and, it's hard to convince someone that they need Jesus when they look around and they live in a place where they're like, I don't really need anything. You know what I mean? Like I'm pretty Mm -hmm. set um, on, you know, this house. Um, I'm, I'm good. Like I got all the restaurants and the amenities here. Um, And so that makes it tough, especially 
in a context that's not just um, post-modern, it's post-Christian, you know, so it, it's not that you have a bunch of people who've rejected truth altogether. You have a bunch of people that have rejected a specific truth, which is Christianity. So you kind of have these, these things that are layered and stacked onto one another where it's like, man, A, I reject that Christianity because I grew up and I've, I kind of reject that, you know, B, I don't need it. <laughs> I'm doing okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I moved here because I got money, a good job and all the amenities to go with it. So I think you're going to see, and that's why you have this massive hole, you know, in places like Halifax of 22 to 28 year olds, you know, or beyond. Um, they just, they just don't see a need for it. So is that, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. What else and, would you, uh, what else would you add, Chad? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's really helpful. Uh, Jeremy, I think just one more really quickly that I thought about when you were chatting is just, I think church planting has shifted in light of COVID, especially around finding space. So I think one of the challenges we're going to face is just really practically something that you can pray for, for Halifax and Port City Church is just, Lord, where would you call us to have space? Are you calling us to rent? Are you calling us to have permanent space? Um, I mean, every plant faces that, but I feel like we're in a new day when it comes to that challenge, because in light of COVID, rental options are pretty much no longer existent. So where we would rent theaters and schools and libraries and all of those live performance venues, um, COVID has really radically shifted that. So we're just praying, you know, and, and as many churches are closing, um, we're just asking the question, Lord, would you have us um, in a space, a permanent space earlier than maybe what would be normal for a church plant in light of the day we're in? Yeah, yeah. So very quickly, guys, um, who wants to tell me what kind of church you want Port City to be? I mean, I know we know it's God's church, but what do you envision it to be? And why does Halifax need that kind of church? What do you think, Jeremy? Do you want to start us off and I can uh, backfill? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll maybe maybe kind of go from like a big, big picture, you know, and, and then we can kind of zoom in from there. Um, you know, I think what, what we hope to see is that we hope to see a, a church that is a church for generations to come. You know, like, like we, do, we want Port City to not just be a flash in the pan. You know, I, I think what is what Atlantic Canada, what Canada as a whole needs is they need churches that are going to have the long term view in mind and plant to say, hey, we're not just going to reach in the immediate. We want to reach to then see generations reach for Christ. And so, you know, a lot of that shapes the way that we think about what we're doing now and, and how we do it, because, you know, I, I want Port City to long outlast me. You know, um, and so I think, you know, big picture, we want Port City to be a church that is stable, that is viable, that can be a church for generations to come where the gospel is being proclaimed, um, you know, well beyond, you know, people knowing who Chad and I are, mm -hmm. um, you know, that we're kind of just forgotten, you know, in, in, you know, the subsequent years to come. But there's a legacy of gospel proclamation that, that goes on. So. I think overall, that's kind of the picture I have, you know, when I, you know, Lord willing, um, you know, retire, whatever that means, you know, in mm. 40, 35 ish, whatever years, 
you know, that, that what that looks like for me is that there's something there that I know and feel confident the Lord will just continue to use um, mm. well beyond that. So that's kind of what I, when I lay in bed and dream, you know, mm. that's, that's kind of where uh, my mind goes in terms of the picture that, that I have. Um, so, mm. but I know Chad, you know, specifically, you know, because he's been in that context uh, with y'all for, for a lot longer, he can, you know, I think he has a, a really good beat on specifically what is Port City going to look like from an ecclesiological and a theological standpoint that that really Halifax needs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chad, I know you yeah. can probably answer that maybe a little bit more concisely. Yeah, yeah. And just I totally agree with you. I always say we want to plant a church that's not just for our children, but for our children's children's children. So that generational church and something that's not just here today and gone tomorrow. So totally agree with that. I think just practically, you know, coming down 10,000 feet into the specifics, I think, um, you know, first of all, we want to be a a church that first and foremost is known for the name of Jesus. And that may sound obvious, but we don't want to be known for um, who we are necessarily. We don't want to be known. Uh, as Port City Church, although we are that, but we want to be known in the city as a place um, where Jesus is is lifted up, His name is is spoken of, He's magnified, He's exalted. And so, <clears throat> how do we do that? I mean, first and foremost, you know, we teach the Bible, uh, we teach the gospel clearly. That's one of our our, our values. And so, we want to be a ministry that is focused on teaching, teaching books of the Bible, teaching through the Bible. Um, you know, there's just a, a large amount of biblical illiteracy these days, and we want to work so that people know the Bible and know how it's relevant and can understand and live out the gospel in really practical ways. We want to be a place that's a missionary training center. We want people who attend Port City to understand that they are missionaries, whether they're, you know, in the city of Dartmouth or in they're in the North end of Halifax, or they live in lower Sackville or they're called to missions overseas that they are a missionary. So we want to be an equipping place where people feel like they're equipped to be effective on mission where God has them. Um, I think we just want to be also a church that's uh, culturally relevant. You know, we always say we're conservative in theology, but we want to be, Um, The way that we think about doing church and reaching people should always be shifting and moving and progressing, but the gospel stays the same. And so we want to um, approach the city. We want to be, we want to love the city. We want the city, the city should notice that we're here. And if we were to not exist, the city should notice that there's a loss. And so what does that mean? I mean, how do we how do we interact within, you know, the work sector, the business culture, the arts community, within politics, sports, uh, religion, education? We want, like I said, we want to be training missionaries to be in all of those contexts uh, to proclaim the gospel. So yeah, just um, those would be a couple of really practical things I think that we would say we'd love to look and feel this way. Our name Port City Church comes from just that. Halifax is a port city. It's one of the largest ports um, in the North American uh, landscape. And then also there's a great, you know, analogy there too. We want to, we want to import and export the gospel. We want to be, we want to be in a city that um, is in a position of influence and that's new for Halifax and that's new for 
you know, all areas of industry, but it's also new for ministry. And so we want to be in a city that can uh, affect this city and this region of Atlantic Canada, but also the nation. And then lastly, I think it'd be amiss if we didn't say we want to multiply. We want to, we want to plant churches. We want to train leaders. We want to have church planting residents. We want both men and women to be trained and equipped uh, for works of service uh, as Ephesians talks about. So we would love to plant a church. We'd love to plant within the first three years, Lord willing, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but um, we would love to be that kind of training and sending center. Yeah. Awesome guys. So very quickly before time is up here. Um, and for anyone listening, how, how can they pray for you? I mean, you already mentioned space, but um, I mean, I know Jeremy, you're going through the uh, immigration process and stuff like that. So how can anyone listening, you know, pray for you guys and your families? Mm. Yeah, I mean, for us, so it's a little unique in the sense that I'm applying for proof of citizenship, you know, and so because of my mom, um, I'm able to apply for proof, which it would be great um, once that goes through. Um, But unfortunately, right now, because of COVID and just the nature of the federal government, um, it's a very, very slow process. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So, um, (laughs) yeah, and so... You know, we, we feel so confident in what God's called us to, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the road there is going to be uh, smooth. And so um, we're just praying that the Lord would build our faith, but that also he would do. I mean, this is one of those opportunities where like there's literally nothing we can do. And I think the Lord does his best work in those opportunities where we can't do anything. So mm-hmm. we're praying to that end. And, and I would certainly covet anyone's prayers, you know, in that regard and. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, even just for our family, obviously we have five kids and so it's gonna be a big transition for particularly our older kids. Um, you know, they've, they've really only ever known where we're at now here in North Carolina. So just praying for them and the relationships that they'll build in the future. Um, and just a lot of the things that come with moving, you know, a family to a different place. Um, so yeah, we would greatly appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Chad? Yeah, I, th- I think also, you know, there's a couple of really practical things. Planting a church costs a lot of money. So we're looking for prayer partners and God's been so generous with us already. So this is something you, you either, you know, just feel passionate about seeing the gospel go forward in the city of Halifax. We'd love to partner with you or your church in that. I think also just there's people that are praying about moving significant moves from either across Canada or from the states and even in some international moves that are being considered to be a part of this team and we're building a launch team and we're working towards that so i just ask that you would pray for those individuals that are considering being a part of the launch team um, that the lord would just make things clear um, that they would just continue to uh, surrender uh, their plans to the lord's plans and that he would grow this team yeah. All right. So uh, for anyone listening, um, that's how you can pray for these guys. Look them up. Uh, you can find them uh, online. I'll, I'll have some links posted when I post this episode. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me, guys. It was great chatting with you. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. Yeah, it was good to be on. All right, everyone. Yeah. We'll catch you again next week. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission, 
If you want to know more about Model 1 Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.model1mission.ca.